Welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, everybody. So earlier this week, Wizard surprised us with the announcement of a new supplemental product. Like last year's Hascon promos, this product is a mashup of Magic and Hasbro's other IPs. So it's called Ponies the Galloping. As you may have guessed, <laughs> yep, <laughs> uh, it's a crossover with My Little Pony, and some of the characters from the show have received their own silver-bordered legendary creature cards. There's a, a lot to digest here, but before we do, uh, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commandertheory, you can support the show and access sweet rewards for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. All right, back to today's topic. How do you feel about these crossover products, and specifically a crossover with My Little Pony? So I actually like the crossover products. I feel like this is a good use of Silver Border, is to put other IP into magic, or like do see like funny things you can do with magic cards and magic technology. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great idea for... A crossover, honestly. I think that there are a lot of people who are Magic fans and My Little Pony fans. So I think this is a nice nod to all the people who do like My Little Pony and do like Magic and might have never thought those two things would... Come together? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. I saw a a little bit of backlash about this on some places online. Yeah, I don't don't, don't agree with the backlash at all. Yeah, my stance is like... These are new cards for us to play with. I don't care what IP they are. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to turn down new things that potentially open up new archetypes in Commander Yeah. <laughs> based on the IP that they're connected to. Yeah, as long as like your crew is okay with Unmanders, these are new decks. I really like silver-bordered Commanders because... They can open up new archetypes because they're allowed to care about things that most magic cards aren't allowed to care about. So yeah. like rarity, premium foiling, art, all the things that you can't talk about in normal magic because normal magic cards has to assume that every printing of a card is exactly the same. Seeing new legends with silver borders is an exciting thing for me. And so I'm happy to see a product like this. All right, let's jump into the cards. We're going to start off by talking about Nightmare Moon. So this is four black black for a legendary creature, Alicorn. She has flying, she's a 6-6, six, six, and as long as it's nighttime, Nightmare Moon gets plus two plus two and has menace. She also has six, transform Nightmare Moon. Any pony may activate this ability or help pay the cost. When they do, they become your friend. And then the other side is Princess Luna. She is also a legendary creature, Alicorn. She has flying, and when this creature transforms into Princess Luna, choose up to six cards you own from outside the game with a moon in their art, then exile those cards. As long as those cards remain exiled, you may cast them, and your friends may cast them with your permission. For those who might not be familiar with My Little Pony, any pony is just how they say anyone in the show. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what that is just talking about. It's like anyone can do this, but they say any pony because it's cute. <laughs> uh, I did a little bit of research. Um, fortunately, Scryfall has a feature that allows you to look at every single printing of a card at once. So I went through about 6,000 cards and every printing for those cards. Oh, God. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> but I think I found some some fun things to do with moons in their art. 
of course, like Silver Border Commanders aren't technically legal in the format anyway, but yeah. even beyond that, Princess Luna's transform trigger doesn't actually work in Commander as the official rules don't support wish boards or like getting cards from outside the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you have to have a, a pretty lenient playgroup, both to allow you to play this Silver Border Commander yeah. <laughs> and also allow you to search for cards from outside the game. Let's move on to talking about the, the best wish board packages for Princess Luna's six picks. Some things to note. The Sons of Mirrodin are also known as Moons, and in fact, mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. first Mirrodin novel is called The Moons of Mirrodin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anytime you see a card with one of Mirrodin's sons in its art, it's something you can pull with Princess uh, Luna. Pretty hilarious technicality there. Yeah. One thing you could do, for example, is you can grab a Whispering Spectre, 1-1 one, one flyer for 1 BB it has infect, and whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you may sacrifice it. If you do, that player discards a card for each poison counter he or she has. So you can grab Whispering Spectre, and then you can grab Lash Rive, which is a four-cost artifact equipment with living weapon. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each swamp you control, and it has equip for Black Phyrexian, Black Phyrexian. This is already a mono-black color identity, so you're going to have a bunch of swamps. And you can just grab Whispering Spectre, cast it, grab Lash Rive, cast it, throw it on the Whispering Spectre, and then potentially just swing for lethal right there it's pretty silly (laughs) Mm -hmm. some of these arts require a little bit of interpretation there's like something in the sky (laughs) obscured by clouds yeah i believe it's a moon yeah we're gonna we're gonna claim it's a moon yeah so this is necrotic ooze it's two black black for a four three ooze as long as necrotic ooze is on the battlefield it has all activated abilities of all creature cards in all graveyards it combos very very easily with a lot of cards Another card that you can search out is Grim Tutor. That very clearly has a moon in its art. It's one black black for a sorcery. Search your library for a card and put that card into your hand. Then shuffle your library. You lose three life. So you grab Necroticus. You grab Grim Tutor. You Grim Tutor out. You're buried alive. And then you buried alive for the, the combo pieces that'll turn on your Necroticus and allow you to win the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's many, many, many three-card combos with that card. Yeah. There's so, so many of them. The easiest one is probably Phyrexian Devourer and Triskelion. Mm-hmm. So Phyrexian Devourer is a six-cost 1-1 one, one artifact creature construct. When its power is seven or greater, sacrifice it, and you can exile the top card of your library to put X plus one plus one counters on Phyrexian Devourer, where X is the removed card's converted mana cost. And then if Phyrexian Devourer's power is seven or greater, sacrifice it. As long as the CMCs in your deck are below six then you can just keep exiling the top card and then removing the counters with triskelion's activated ability which allows you to remove plus one plus one counters to deal one damage to any target so kind of chew through your library shoot your opponents to death and that's the combo in addition to comboing off you can also grab a pretty strong control package kakusho the evening star harvester of souls dawn of the dead and grave pact they all feature a moon on at least one of their printings. It's pretty sick to <laughs> Yeah. So Dawn of the Dead, it lets you return a creature from your graveyard to the battlefield at the beginning of your upkeep. It has haste, exile at the beginning of the next end step. Grave Pact, whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent sacrifices a creature. Harvester of Souls, whenever a non-token creature you control dies, draw a card. And then Kakusho, when it dies, you drain everyone for five and gain that, that much life. That yeah. much life. So all you really are missing at this point is a sack outlet, and then you can like Kikusho your opponents every single turn, or just feed in any other creature with a good ETB or dies ability. The whole time your opponents are sacrificing a bunch of creatures, you're drawing a bunch of cards, it's great. If you want to get a sack outlet too, that's possible. You can grab a Vampire Aristocrat, 
three cost two two sack a creature gets plus two plus two until end of turn because that has a moon in its art and it'll allow you to do the the broken stuff with your other cards that you're grabbing it's cool that you can like use princess luna to grab like an aggro package with this like whispering specter lash writhe you can grab a combo package with necrotic ooze and grim tutor or you can grab a control package with all these graveyard oriented cards Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of options with what you can do with your princess luna deck and i hope that you all who are interested in playing her can find a play group that will let you yeah do her thing all right the next legend we're going to be talking about is rarity It is one white blue for a 2-2 legendary unicorn. Rare and mythic rare spells you cast cost one less to cast. So good. (laughs) Really good. She also has one tap reveal a My Little Pony toy you own. Until end of turn, another target creature gains protection from each color in that toy's coat, mane, and outfit. Let's talk about how you would build around rarity. So I think that granting other creatures protection is mostly a reactive ability. Yeah. It doesn't really provide a lot of direction for building around, but the cost reduction ability is really interesting. Both the From the Vault and Eternal Masters versions of Sensei's Divining Top are eligible for Rarity's cost reduction ability. So you can combine Rarity, Top, and any card that allows you to cast the top card of your library, like like Future Sight, and you can draw infinite cards. So, like, you cast top, flip top, draw a card, tops on top of your library. Future Sight allows you to cast it. It costs one less, so it's free, goes straight on the battlefield, and then you're back where you started, except you've drawn a card. So you just kind of keep going from there, and then you can kind of do whatever you want for a win condition. Lab Maniac is fine. Mm-hmm, yeah. Future Sight is one way to do this. Mages of, of the Future is another. Mm-hmm. Mystic Forge, new card from M20. Mystic Forge. That'll also do it. Conveniently, all of those cards are rares, so they also get the cost reduction ability. But aside from like those combo pieces and the tutors to find them, the deck is kind of just like a bog standard white-blue control list. She doesn't really give you too much direction other than like your rares are cheap. So yeah. you kind of play a bunch of good cards yeah i haven't heard feedback yet from the unrules manager or the regular rules manager (laughs) but i'm assuming that rarity is defined as the color of the expansion symbol that means that like fnm promos or judge promos where they have a gold symbol Mm -hmm. means that the that version of the card is a rare even if the original printing was like a common or uncommon or whatever. Yeah. So the deck is extremely expensive as a result because like all these common staple effects, like, you know, Disdainful Stroke, that's pretty good. Or like Remand, whatever. <laughs> You're running like the FNM promo versions or the, the Judge promo versions. versions. Them, yeah. So that adds a lot of expense to this deck. But honestly, like you don't have to run those cards. You kind of can just build it however, because the combo piece is like the only part that really matters and everything else you do is just kind of whatever. But note the toy technology. We're going to bring that up as we talk about the next card here. So this is Princess Twilight Sparkle, a 2-2 legendary creature alicorn for white-blue. It has flying, other alicorns, horses, pegasi, ponies, and unicorns you control get plus one, plus one. Then Wooberg, so white-blue, black, red-green. If you control Applejack, Fluttershy, Pinkie Pie, Rainbow Dash, and Rarity, every pony wins the game. It's notable that there are currently no cards in existence for Applejack, Fluttershy, Pinkie Pie, or Rainbow Dash, so this ability doesn't work as printed. I'm hoping 
that the unrules manager will allow you to substitute the toys. Just if you <laughs> have the toys on your person, they can sub in for the characters that don't have cards. Hopefully that lets you win the game or, or everybody wins. But that's actually kind of a, a point in and of itself. Do you want to talk about that technology? I really like this ability allowing everyone to win the game. We've talked about this a little before when we were in our um, eight mana game enders episode. We thought that like drawing the game could be a flavorful win condition for white decks. It is exciting to see this printed on a card, and I'm hoping that we get to see more effects like it in the future because it's cool design space and Wizards seems reluctant to give white more traditional ways of ending the game. I like this design space and hope that they explore it more in the future. It's so funny because everybody wins or tying the game or like someone earthquaking for a million. There's so many people that go on tilt Mm -hmm. for that, specifically in particular with like tying the game. And I think that's hilarious. I'm wondering if the choice of wording on here makes it more palatable. Like drawing the game... Some people take that to mean everyone loses, but yep. everyone wins the game. Yeah. <laughs> that, that might go down a little bit easier. Hopefully they'll print a card where everyone wins and it's geared towards commander and not towards standard and they don't have to deal with Yeah. That. <laughs> All right. Uh, one last thing to mention. Aside from Stormherd, there aren't a lot of like horse, pegasi, unicorn cards that can effectively make use of the anthem. So it's building around this commander seems a little bit tricky. Yeah, because you want to get the buff, but again, like as we've said so many times on this podcast, plus one plus one is not usually enough. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when the cards that make horses and unicorns and pegasi are like pretty weak on the surface. As a, as a rule, for sure. Most of them are just very, very bad. Yeah. So I guess you can do this to build some sort of like equine tribal, Yeah. <laughs> but... It doesn't seem like a very strong deck, and it doesn't seem as interesting as the other two legends included in this product. I agree with you. One thing that's interesting about naming cards that have not yet been printed, it kind of implies that they might do this again in the future. Mm -hmm. This whole box product, it's going to go on sale on October 22nd in the Hasbro shop, and it's worth noting that all of the proceeds from it are actually going to the Extra Life charity. So I'm wondering if like maybe on an annual basis they might offer a product like this and mm-hmm. then just send the proceeds to charity. That'd be cool. I mean, they did show with the Transformers cards that they're willing to do stuff like this. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that we do get some cool silver border cards once a year. That'd be rad. Yeah, hopefully they'll, they'll print the Applejack, Fluttershy, Pinkie Pie, and Rainbow Dash. So, I don't know. Have fun with these uh, when they come out. If you have builds, let us know what was your wish board for Princess Luna. Like, what cards did you end up playing in rarity? Like, was there something really busted when it cost one less that we forgot about? Let us know. That's all we have to say about Ponies the Galloping. We hope you guys enjoyed this bonus episode. And I want to give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Bradley, Gustav, Ryan, Mark, Addison, Arthur, Mason, Will, Rick, Laser, Raphael, Kyle, Charlotte, Andrew, Brock, Tom, The White Clays, Aubrey, Hannah, Anthony, Andy, Nathan, and Cooper. Thank you guys for supporting the show. You keep the lights on here in the studio. If you are not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please go to patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with me, I am at commander theory on Twitter and Tumblr. 
you want to reach Zach, he is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter and Tumblr. The opening song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check him out on SoundCloud. We'll talk to you guys next time.